0: The USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very
1: pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid, I feel
2: angry. Who mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. disappointed me?
0: Welcome to the USL show. This is Phil and I am joined by Mike Watts. We are, before I go on with that though, we got to say thank you to the beautiful game network uh, for putting this all together. And also thank you to our sponsor, roughneck, rough, roughneck Scarves. Mike, that's not a good example to set for a man who's so good with his words. <laughs> How's it going, man? <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, happens to be more than you think, you know, like he's <laughs> just trying, sometimes you have a read and you're like, you know. Uh, you know, just like trying to like, make sure you don't screw up the name of the sponsor. That's like three quarters of the business. Uh Uh, That makes sense. Make sure you get that part right. But other than that, you know, so far so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're both kind of flying by the seat of our pants. So, uh, today, so thank you so much for uh, joining me. And, uh, I've been really excited to talk to you about the USL as you kind of alluded to a minute ago you've seen a lot of games this year. And so just by way of seeing so many games, you just naturally have a lot of knowledge that a lot of us can't, uh, can't compete with. And so, yeah, I wanted to bring you in for that.
1: No, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a unique niche. I'll admit that <laughs> uh, to have this much knowledge on, on this many teams, but, you know, this is life, man. This is life for me.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of guys are jealous of that, um, and uh, I do hope you enjoy it. I'm actually curious. One day we're going to dive deep into this, but I am curious how you kind of made your way into this business, especially getting into the USL the way that you have.
1: Yeah, so I guess going all the way back, I came out of school in uh, December 2014 at Fordham, and the guy who at the time was sort of running the broadcast part of USL, his name's Mike Cohen, uh, you know, I'd sent him my tapes once in a while. I met him at a, an event my radio station put together. He really wasn't supposed to be there. I had an exam the next time. I mean, it was almost a missed connection, and you know, who knows how things would have turned out. But uh, I met Michael in probably 2012. The first game I did with him was actually a guide track, so it wasn't actually going anywhere, of uh, Ireland and Spain at Yankee Stadium. So that was sort of my first... Uh, drink of of the game at that level. So it was, you know, Iniesta and David Villa. And of course, Villa ended up going to NYCFC shortly thereafter. So that was kind of the beginning of all that. And it was an awesome team that was. So I, I got in with him there and then, you know, the final came out in Rochester in 15. It was like, Hey, we need an announcer. And there's this young guy that I really believe in who, you know, could, could really grow into this league and who you guys are are really going to like. And he sort of I got the league to take a chance on me and at 22, 23 years old, I guess at that point it was, um, 23, um, very few leagues, very few people would have taken that chance. So did that final and then USL game of the week came about the next year. So did all those games and uh, obviously the way Vista world link has taken over the world. Um, (laughs) I've, I've jumped in with them on a lot more stuff. They're, Champions League coverage and uh, all the local teams that they cover and all the CONCACAF events. Um, we're, we're doing the CONCACAF League final here in November and Gold Cup and everything. So it's all just sort of taken off from there. And my stuff with ESPN um, was kind of coinciding with it. it. It's just it's worked out really well. And I owe the league a, a tremendous debt of gratitude for you know giving a young guy a shot when they really didn't have to. Um, and, and hopefully I've, I've started to pay that back a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, 23 is pretty young to be doing that kind of stuff. That's really cool. Um, I love it. Uh, people probably don't know how young you are, to be honest, because you have a mature voice. Uh, I think we all assume a lot of the guys calling games like that are uh, in their you know 40s and 50s. Uh, how old are you, Mike? I'm curious.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I run into this problem a lot because, like, I'll go do games with people, and they're like, "Yeah, you remember this from the '80s?" Since like I was born in '93, um, <laughs> exactly. That sort of kills them. But <laughs> so, twenty-seven. Uh, go. Next uh, in January. Yeah. Uh, so I'm 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 closing in on my late. 20s I suppose.
0: <laughs> the first time I saw a picture of you I was just like wait how old is this guy that's great It's great uh and I'm looking at your baby face right now which is wonderful as well I'm enjoying
1: it um well it's because it's currently which my fiance <laughs> dis- despises she's like grow a beard you look older and you know like <laughs> i prefer it and i'm like i don't think espn is really interested in me uh, having my blonde like uh, patchy looking beard <laughs> so i grow it out every summer and then i cut it every fall
0: that's funny <laughs> well that's the problem with doing tv but you know that's it's a mild that's a mild uh, problem for you to have to deal with no big deal there
2: <laughs> exactly uh,
0: I do love that you've been doing the CONCACAF stuff and, and getting higher and higher with that. I've been kind of tracking that because we're proud of you here, honestly. Um, we can kind of claim you in a way, but um, yeah, you've been doing that. You even got to do some preseason football games for the Bengals. Uh, I was curious, have you always done football? Have you always done soccer? I don't know what your, your background is.
1: Yeah, so the way it kind of started with soccer is the, the high school soccer program uh, at my high school. And I really didn't pay attention to it at all before this. Um, my sophomore year won a national championship the year, uh, after they were national runners up and then champions again, Justin Morrow's out of that school, uh, who who obviously has gotten more than a cup of coffee with the U S national team. So, you know, we, we had a broadcast club and I, I grew up watching the Cavaliers and the Browns and Mm -hmm. and the Indians. And so they kind of said, Hey, like this is our, our best program right now. Like we should give this a shot. And so give a lot of credit. You know, the, the guy who's there is actually the head of theology, theology department at <laughs> my high school, who's national coach of the year twice over and uh, led them to uh, over half a dozen state championships in Ohio in the last 15 or 20 years. And, uh, he's sort of like, all right, this is what offside is like, you know, it, from the very basics. I oh. mean, you know, I, I didn't really know much about the game. And so that's sort of how I first came into it. Um, I didn't really grow up in a family where that was, you know, just something we really paid attention to. So, you know, it kind of started there, Um, you know, with ESPN, my first work for them was college soccer. And then I started doing some college football for them and a little bit of college basketball. And um, that sort of kept me busy. And then when the Bengals job opened up, I I really didn't think I had a shot at it. Hmm. Um, I didn't actually go out of my way to apply for it. Um, The way it sort of worked out there. And again, at 25, um, you know, Adam Amin is a rising star who I look up to quite a bit at ESPN, you know, he's like 31, 32 at the time. And I'm looking at him and going, that's the next youngest guy calling football wow. uh, for an NFL TV gig. And so I thought that was pretty far out of my depth. And, you know, the right guy, uh, connected me with someone at the league and they actually reached out to, um, uh, reached out to the team and said, Hey, this guy might be good fit. He's from Ohio and, and all that. The funny thing about it is, is like the first time I got a call from them, um, I got in at two thirty or three in the morning the night before coming from a, a West coast, uh, Remy, uh, remote integration, um, in non-broadcast parlance. Uh, so I was probably <laughs> calling you. Phoenix or Fresno or something like that. And, um, uh, <laughs> I was asleep when they called. And so, you know, I didn't even know they were calling and I get a phone call and you're like, wait, you're from who <laughs> and roll out of bed? Like, all right, here we go. That's um, awesome. But again, another group that took a total shot on me. So, um, I appreciate that, you know, a lot of people in USL have sort of taken the approach of like, Hey, this is, this is one of our guys. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's really cool.
0: I agree. I love it. Um, Last kind of topic here. I'm kind of curious. A lot of guys out there first of all, a lot of guys out there think they can do your job. It's kind of disgusting. It's one of my pet peeves. I hate seeing people comment on too much on the refs a little bit. It's fine, but too much commentary on the refs is terrible. Too much commentary on commentators. It drives me insane because your job is much harder than people realize. Um, but I see you guys get chirped all day long on Twitter, but I will say, I want to, I want to, you know, say to everyone's credit that the last two years have been a giant growth for, um, your profession in USL. People are a lot more knowledgeable and, and just, it's been nice to see that go up in quality along with the league itself. So, um, I'm sure you've noticed that as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think about, uh, you know, Vista probably does maybe a quarter or a third of the teams in the league right now. So, mm-hmm. And we have Phil Shane do a, a Barcelona game at three o'clock and then stop by and call a, a Charlotte independence game at night. And you're kind of like, <laughs> like shit, that's, <laughs> that's Phil Shane. Um, you know, like Chris Whittingham has gone on to a full-time position doing um, uh, TUDN stuff for their Twitter broadcast for MLS. Um, you know, I, I think the world of, of Tyler Terrence, Devin Kerr, I think anyone who doesn't know his name yet in, in our field is going to know that name really well in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of people in high positions that value him as well as I do. Uh, but when you do a game with Devin, I mean, it's like, you know, just like stay in your lane and let him operate, yeah, man. He I is like spectacular. So, um, all those people have, have really helped. You know, the thing is, uh, you know, and I've heard it from other announcers who are far bigger time than me. we kind of go, I think a lot of people think we just kind of show up and, and call the game. And I understand where that comes about. And, you know, there are times where you get things wrong and that's uh, embarrassing for us as announcers, but in the grand scheme, like, you know, if, if you're doing your job right, you, you probably at minimum watched highlights for each team's last games. You probably watched uh, the, the game in full. If you had the opportunity, depends how much you're doing that week. And, um, you know, you're talking about 30 minute calls with both coaches to try and get the pulse of where those teams are at and talking with PR people and, you Uh, you know, all the ancillary research you try and do to know everybody's backstory and and be able to effectively tell people about these guys as players off the field or or about, you know, where they've been on the field or whatever it is. So, you know, if you're doing this right, um, hopefully that comes across. And and also, um, you know, I I know that there's sort of a belief that American uh, commentators maybe don't know as much or maybe aren't as worldly. And, you know, I'm sure that has come with a fair amount of Hmm uh, practical proof, uh, that that's probably true, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, uh, do the best job I can with my style and and the way I think I can call a game most effectively and and let that be my, um, addition to to what we're doing. So, um, yeah, it's almost every team in the league. I've seen uh, an improvement over the course of the last three years since I first started, no Mm -hmm. doubt.
0: Yeah, and actually I, to be honest, I thought you guys handled I thought Vista handled more events than that because you guys are all extremely very good But even the others have stepped up their game quite a bit So, um, I'm glad to hear that that it's not just you guys that it's 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 spreading around Um, but you listed all those things that you say you do before a game and what you go for as far as your style just to be yourself All of that to me, um, comes clear. It comes through very clearly in, in your case And I think in a lot of the other guys cases as well So thank you for doing that and we'll bring back one big question at the end, um Uh, But before we do, I do want to dip right into the playoffs. Um, Let's get talking about this uh, quarterfinal action. We'll start in the West. Uh, Let's start with the big one. It started Friday night, Phoenix Rising versus Real Monarchs. We didn't expect this necessarily, but some people were hinting at uh, the possibility, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely think that uh, people were hinting at it. I was hinting at it. It's (laughs) not that I don't think Phoenix is a historically good team in the context of this league because they are, uh, but make no mistake. I mean, Real Monarchs, I I think Michael Chang can play in MLS. Justin Portillo can play in MLS. Luke Mulholland has played in MLS. David Ochoa, their goalkeeper is going to play in MLS. Mm. Um, that is a super talented roster. And I I value Hamas and Olave as a coach. Uh, I think the pieces are complimentary. Douglas Martinez. uh, it went from a U 20 player to a senior national team player for a player in, in, in Honduras and CONCACAF, you I know, mean, legitimate theme. Mm-hmm. So all that's happened over the course of the last year, they, they got a little more consistency in their roster. I forgot Jack Blake, who's their captain, yeah. who I think <laughs> is a tremendous piece for them. And you just kind of sit there and go, like, they beat them there like three weeks ago. So why can't they go do it again?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I, I definitely think Phoenix was hard done on the no call penalty in the final 15 minutes. Um, by the same token, they got away with one the other end. So, mm. you know, th- who knows? The game probably would have been a lot different at, at that point had that not happened. But uh, you could sort of see the Monarchs peaking and you could sort of see a little bit of a trough. From Phoenix in the final six weeks of the year. And it's the toughest thing for Phoenix is, is they were so good in the middle of the year that it's almost impossible to keep up that caliber of performance
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, for that long. And so, you know, I don't think Solomon Asante was in his peak form. I don't uh, know that um, in general, that team was playing exactly the way they wanted to play going into the playoffs. And I thought Austin had a legitimate shot at him, and I, I certainly thought Real Monarchs did. And, and uh, kudos to them for going and, and knocking them out.
0: Yeah. I, I thought the first half after the first half that, you know, the score would really skyrocket in the second half and it just didn't. Um, but you know, the pace was pretty crazy in the first half and and there was a lot of interesting turns and in, throughout the quarter, um, quarterfinals. But, uh, yeah, I mean ended the same score after at the end, after the first half was done. I, I didn't know what you thought about the rest of that game.
1: Uh, it crazy. I mean, it, <laughs> cause Joe Farrell missed a sitter. Um, that easily could have been like a 5 4 game. Mm. Like, very easily, that could have been like right. a wildly different scoreline and it wouldn't have surprised anybody. So, I think that's part of the deal, too, is you're kind of sitting there at the end and it's like, oh, it's only 2 1. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot more action packed into that sucker than, yeah. than that number would make you think. And if expected goals were probably brought into this, and no. I don't think there's a way to quantify that in USL, I bet Phoenix would have had more expected goals, but. You know, it's a knockout tournament and these things happen. So i you know, take it for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, I would like someone to calculate that for every single USL game for me. <laughs> that would be nice to have. But I think that's a really good point uh, to end on there. Um, El Paso versus Sac Republic. This didn't go at mm-hmm. all how I expected as far as how the goals were scored. But I'm not, you know, the scoreline, especially once it got rolling. I wasn't too shocked by the time uh, the second half hit.
1: No, it sort of got away from Sacramento a little bit, which Mm -hmm. is disappointing because I I thought once they added Thomas and that like, okay, that was the piece they're missing and here they go. And uh, the reality of the matter is, is um, El Paso at home is a different team, especially in the second half of the year. El Paso is actually very good on the road uh, in the first half of the year, to the point where I'm asking Mark Lowry, like, Hey man, what's (laughs) the secret? Um, So, uh, you know, I, I thought Sacramento had enough to go um, into the next round, and uh, you know I thought they'd have a shot at Real Monarchs. They played them the last day of the regular season. I was excited to see that rematch, but I mean, you look at El Paso and the group that they've put together. Even in the middle of the year, adding Seba Velasquez to uh, what you already had in Keysa Vetter, they added right at the start of the season, and and obviously got on that great roll. Um, And and the way um Salgado has played I'm just sitting here like this team's dangerous so I'm not surprised that it happened mm-hmm. um and the the style they play and everything certainly lends itself to being able to take advantage of the game at home but uh man uh yeah that one got away that that one escalated quickly they might say
0: <laughs> yeah they might <laughs> uh what did Lowry say to the uh the away game success early in the season do you, you know, it's
1: funny. Every time you talk to a coach, it's like if I could bottle it, I would. Like <laughs> if I could sell the secret, I'd do that. And I like, would buy it. You know, yes. every coach that gets to that point, they're kind of like, I wish I knew why this <laughs> happened because there's always going to be a year where it evens out the other way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the, the the tough thing about the Western Conference is is you've got altitude, you've got heat, you've got um, you know days where you're on a great pitch, days where you're on a poor pitch turf. Like every road game is a, is its own kind of jungle to try and, and navigate. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I think he didn't have a great answer to that if we're being <laughs> honest and, and that's uh, perfectly fine. That's, that's football in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. And if I was to be jealous of a lot of the things you do talking straight to coaches like that, I mean, that's gotta be a joy in a lot of the
1: cases at least. Yeah. Most of the time. I mean, like I'm, I'm going to go ahead and leave out who maybe we don't get along with best. Um, you know, it's not like it's, um, like negative, uh, but you know, there is one coach where I go, all right, uh, coach, could you describe the last game? And whether I've, li- I've watched that game or not, he'll go, what did you think? Like, Oh shoot, <laughs> like, here we go. Uh, and That's... you're trying to tell a coach about that. The fine thing is, is when you have Devin Kerr with you on those calls, mm. Devin will watch three, four or five of the team's previous games oh to try God. and figure out all of their tendencies. I mean, he is a serious junkie for watching uh film. He watches on the treadmill. He watches uh, all day long, you know, it's like whatever he's doing. So, hmm. you know, he'll go like, Hey, you know, I thought your right back uh, really got forward more uh, than past <laughs> weeks. Like, is that because you saw a trend among these two left backs that you played? And he's like, no. And then, you know, after the game it's like, yeah, that was kind of true. And you're like, why didn't you just tell us that? Uh, but yeah, well, that's <laughs> uh, funny. It, it because... is, um, it is a great joy. I mean, there's certain coaches where you know, hack in Louisville is awesome. Mm-hmm. Adam and Fresno. Awesome. Rick Shantz will really walk you tactically through what he's attempting to do. Mark Lowry is super interesting when you talk about him. Um, I know I could go list, most everybody in this league and, and say, you know, I really appreciate what they bring to the table. Some guys like Mike Jeffries and uh, Steve Trich, you were like almost oversharing where you're kind (laughs) of like, am I allowed to say that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that, I mean, that's a joy for us. And and when you see coaches succeed, who you kind of build a relationship with, you're genuinely excited for them. We don't really root for teams or for, for coaches. We root for good games, but like good people, you also root for and, Um, you know I I think among our finalists I I really like all four coaches so whoever comes to USL championship final I'm I'm in a
2: good mood
0: (laughs) I like it Uh, let's move to the next game though I'm gonna go to Indy Nashville we'll save the best for last in my opinion um Indy and Nashville. I I think Tyler Terrence called it. It was going to be a bloodbath, a bruiser. It's kind of what I called it. It was not a high flying game by any means, but, um, you know, I'm not too surprised with how it went once a goal was scored.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. The the thing about Indy is they hadn't won on the road in so long. Yeah. Uh, the numbers are so staggering for the the splits that you kind of go, all right, we'll see. Um, I, I like the team they built. It was funny because Eni is as much as a, a good player. I think he is. That was addition by subtraction. Mm. Um, I think their best players are their wing players, uh, whether it's Iose getting forward or I, obviously Pastore scored the goal in that game. And, and I rate him highly. So I'm not surprised necessarily how all that went down. You know, I do sort of wonder if Nashville, um, got the best out of some of those bigger names. And, and that's not a shot at, at the coaches. It's, it's just, you're trying to figure out, you bring in 50 or 60 goals between mm-hmm. Belmar and Rios and Lancaster You're going, what's the best way to get them all in the field? What's the best way to make them comfortable? How do you create chemistry? Um, and, and I thought that was interesting, um, to watch all season long. And obviously I wish them the best in MLS, but, um, you know, I, I, found that an interesting subplot to really their entire season is how do you get the best out of them? And even with a guy like Cam, you know, how do you keep him healthy,
2: yep.
1: um, all year long? And and so, you know, I know you, you have to think that was part of their thinking is, is a lot of this year went along too. Uh, so yeah. I mean, good for Indy. Um, and, and I, I, I like Martin Rennie a lot. Um, I, th- I think he's got a pretty straightforward system, mm. uh, that, that, that he uses, um, and I'm very interested to see how it plays out in the Louisville Indianapolis proximity association
2: football contest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a mouthful. Um, but you know, I want to talk a little bit about the Rennie s- system. If it is straightforward, that's not something I catch up on too well. Uh, but I bet if you're with uh, Devin <laughs> Kerr quite often, you're able to kind of learn these things. Um, but it did seem, I love that you said addition by subtraction within a volts and Tyler Terrence kind of said a similar thing to it, but you know, I, I mentioned how it seemed like the system seemed to be more important than the individual attackers as far as the attack is concerned. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it, can you maybe take all of those three thoughts there and, and piece them together somehow and how you think it played out for the better or for the worst?
1: No, I think that's a fair assessment. I think part of it is you want the best possible players for the system they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that plays into it quite a bit. So. You know, like I I think Kenny Walker is a really good fit for them. I think, you know, Drew Connor is a really good fit for them. Mm. I feel like their midfield sort of dictates a lot of it. I think like Neville Hackshaw was not necessarily a sexy pickup. I mean, they made some, you know, you bring in Dane Kelly and Eni Foldson and uh, Ilya Illich who maybe doesn't fit quite as well, perhaps. Um, and and it's a guy like Hackshaw where you're kind of like, Oh, that was a game changer for them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it's kind of funny how that works out. Um, so, you know, I'm sure Devin can go tit for tat all the way through that, <laughs> <laughs> through that whole team tactically. I, I let him operate, uh, in, in that sense, but you know, at least from an outside looking in uh, football novice, uh, opinion. Uh, that's sort of where my my head goes, and I also think they have two center backs who you don't want to meet in a dark alley.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <right. laughs> so when you look at like
1: we met and uh, Patty Barrett, you're kind of like, yeah, all right, <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, you better bring your hard hat to work today, like Louisville. You're like Luke Spencer. Better be ready to battle. He's Yo, gonna get a bloody lip.
0: That is a good point, and that'll be a fun matchup. Uh, uh, but all those things, I completely agree. I think you you nailed it there. As far as I'm concerned, and to I keep forgetting to say this. Devin Kerr is coming on next Monday. So we will get to ask those questions if anyone's listening. So, you know, he can put us all to shame. I'll do the same. I'm going to ask him a question and just listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's just like when even coaches and you're like, Oh, you know, like, what do you think about my team? You're
2: like, Whoa,
1: <laughs> I almost want Devin to get an A license so I can see how this pans yeah. out. Like, I actually want to see him in a management role, but he's <laughs> frankly too good at this, that he's never going to leave. So, uh, like I'm happy to keep him as long as I can, uh, <laughs> then let him, you know, let him spread his wings like a peacock and fly. But for <laughs> now, um, it just the amount of film he watches when he does these breakdowns for, for, for game of the week, he'll do one for the championship final um, it, I'm, I'm, it, he goes for like a minute and a half and I'm just like, I I just, you know, like pull out popcorn and, you know, I'm like, just call me when it's time to throw in right. a break dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just enjoying my life right now. I have it.
0: I love it. Well, you mentioned Luke, Luke Spencer going up against, uh, Patty Barrett and we met, um, that's going to be a fun matchup. But before that matchup had to come, the Riverhounds versus loose city in oh. Pittsburgh, um, on the Mon and, um, I watched that first half and I thought no one's beating Pittsburgh. No one's going to beat this team. I was so impressed by their first half. Uh, but then Louisville does the things that Louisville can do in an instant. I, I just, this game was the game of the week for me. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and the tough thing is like, you get a goal from Vanky, you what 11, 10, whatever minutes in, you're kind of like, Oh shoot. You know, like yeah. that, that could take a lot of air out of the ball. Um, just it's it's hard to quantify what a championship team looks like and even in july you may have said they lost it you know you lose kyle smith you lose cameron lancaster you lose ranjitsing you lose illich and you're kind of like uh like maybe it's just not going to be there for him this year paco craig didn't start the year very well i think oscar Jimenez has not had his best year Um, they they try different center back pairings. Is Tosh going to be holding mid because you're without Bill Piccolo Mm. Uh, speedy goes away for, uh, for, for international duty. You're trying Sean Francis at both outside backs. And that's Pat McMahon. Who was there the whole time, who Mm. locks the position down. It can Rasmussen be a decent player. And he's been more than that. And it's really cause Illich being gone allowed a guy like him to, to really uh, blossom again. Um, you know, who's their number nine? How are the get goals up there? Are you going to try Ombi or Spencer or Abdul Jam or Lucky M. Kosana? And then you trade M. Kosana and you're going, okay, now Hopano's here. Does Hopano work with Ombi on the other side? Where's now McCabe fit in? Who's a Swiss Army knife? I mean, like, there were legitimately a dozen questions I had about Louisville in July. And one by one, they've ticked each and every one off the list. And if I have to give credit, John Hackworth for one knew that the team could not stay in its total current iteration mm. and get where they want to go. So a little bit of adjustment, uh, you know, who's your center back pairing? Who's your outside backs? Um, you know, let's, let's trade for Hopano who we had in Philadelphia. Um, all those things you're kind of like, okay, like that's a little bit of a gamble. How's this going to work out? By the time it was all said and done, you're sitting there going, okay, it worked out just the way he <laughs> planned. Uh, he looks like an evil genius. Least for the rest of the East.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, Mike Watts just walked us through the perfect timeline of Louisville. I mean, that was naming every (laughs) single bit of that story, every little bit was a little bit of a change, a little bit of a thing that needed to happen to make them peak at the right time, which is kind of what they do, right? Um, year after year after year. The final question though is how like how do they keep winning? Because this is two different coaches. It's a lot of the same guys, but as you just laid out, it's a lot of new guys. And and maybe the answer is, I don't know, but how do they keep winning? Mike, tell me.
1: Yeah, it's tough to again, quantify. I think James O'Connor and John Hackworth have different approaches to the game, even systematically. I mean, you're talking the difference between, you know, John's working in a four back, which they actually had started right when. Uh, He had arrived. He was actually on on Skype uh, from Costa Rica while he was coaching, I guess it would be the 17s for the US, um, with Luke Spencer, who at the time had a a bum knee and and Mm -hmm. was out and essentially coaching the team, the triumvirate uh, that, that led the team after James left for Orlando. And uh, <laughs> Luke Spencer's like, by the way, we made that change.
2: <laughs> uh, but,
1: you know, like they felt like they're I John's quote was, we're giving goals away like candy mm. uh, when he first arrived. And he was right. Um, so the, the part of this is, is like they have the philosophical idea of, you know, you've got one of the best defenders in the league in Paco Craig. You're not going to score on us. You know, that's the world you're going to live in and then you know i think the way that they are able to move around their front three early in the year was a super interesting concept uh the way abdujam as a nine allowed you to sort of rotate a handful of guys around let Jam run to the left and the right wing and create that way you know i, I think they did a lot of things um and I, I could be again very tactically naive but just having been walked through it over the course of the year Um, you know, they, they decided that, you know, like, you know, and and John kind of said, look, I might be a hypocrite for saying this, but like, yeah, we are going to put in our own plans. You know, at first he showed up and kind of said, I don't want to rock the boat too much. Everything's working. And as he went along, he's like, you know, these guys want more. They want to learn more. They want to be better players. And you know, it's my job as a coach to to teach them to do that. Uh, You know, one of the best stories he told me, and I know I'm running long here. Uh, is, you know, he first started with the U S men's national team. And I, I, I guess it'd probably be, well, maybe Bruce was the head coach, uh, two times ago. Um, and you know, like Landon Donovan pulled him aside at the end of training and said, Hey, like, you know, let's work on finishing. And John kind of took that to mean like, Hey, show me what you can teach me. Hmm. You know, and Landon Donovan at that time is at the peak of his career. And so, you know, at the end of that, you know, I think he was of the belief, like, OK, you know, I can coach and I know you can play. And, you know, he, he sort of builds those relationships where it's like, hey, I can I I can make you a better player. And I think players buy into that. So, you know, part of that is, is every individual has continued to develop. And part of the, the thing with this league is, is players that were all USL four years ago wouldn't make the cut. Maybe even to, to start in the league these days, just because of how fast it's improved. Uh, so the fact that Louisville's kept the same core now for five years uh, in, in some ways and gradually changed, it has allowed them to be successful just because these guys have individually developed and taken coaching. But also, you know, I think uh, Devin looked it up and Devin's getting more name checks in this thing than a uh, Um, you know, like a really positive rap song uh, with uh, uh, DJ Khaled. But, you know, it's like, I think they've lost four times in September, October, November in the last three years total. Hmm. That's insane. I mean, it's just a team that knows how to win. And the the stat that I went into this week thinking about over and over again is they are unbeaten. They have advanced every single time in every knockout game they've ever played at home. They have never won a knockout on the road. Hmm. I'm kind of going, okay, is that how this is going to end? Yeah. Because they didn't get a high enough seed and they they beat Pittsburgh on the road. And you're kind of like, nope, not done yet. And the September, October, November stat is actually a more uh, adequate way of describing them than apparently uh, whether they <laughs> win or, or lose home or road knockout games.
0: Which is interesting because everyone wants to point
1: at that stadium, don't they? But here they are yeah and, but here's the thing, like even John Hackworth will, will tell you like you know like of course I want a you know wide he, he wants to play a certain style of football. he mm-hmm. wants to possess the ball, he wants to be attack minded and you know like I, I don't think it's anyone's you know dream to play um, on the surface at, at Slugger Field and that's not a shot at all at the success that they've had because mm-hmm. you look around this league and there are a lot of surfaces that are different. Um, and it's up to you to go and and adjust the, every surface you play on like it or not, uh, by the same token, like, yeah, they cannot wait to get into that new stadium. Mm -hmm. It's going to be state of the art, everything. And that's exciting. So, uh, say what you want about the, about the venue, but they've kicked large and part everybody's ass now for Mm -hmm. five years. And you can't argue with that
0: yeah um not the final question but who do you think's going to the final in this one if you were to predict it
2: uh, i won't ask play you my guy.
1: <laughs> you're kind of like uh, <laughs> do i really want to dig into this i know um,
0: it does this go against your contract uh, actually that's what you should have said i can't say <laughs> yeah
1: no, i think that is the answer um <laughs> and, and then it sounds like i'm over here fixing matches like i know point, but actually. i can't tell you
0: you know what I don't want to know. You're right. I like that thought process, actually, and we're going to stick with it. Um, my final question is this. Um, and there's no time limit here. There's no such thing as going too long on a podcast. So you're, you're welcome to go crazy. But, but it's a simple one, I think, for you. Um, if anyone is listening and they're curious about play by play or color commentary, um, would you have any kind of advice? If even if they're, it sounded like you started in high school. So maybe there's a high school kid yeah. who hears this that wants to kind of get into it. What would you? How would you say they should go about doing this?
1: Sure. Uh, for one, listen to this podcast more. That's going to help you out quite a bit. Uh, Bills that, like debatable. yes. Finally, some
0: debatable. No, that's <laughs> what I'm going to say. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So you know, like it, it, it's reps and everyone loves to, you know, in my, my Twitter bio is obnoxious as it probably looks is like putting in 10,000 hours. And I'm a very big believer in you see more situations and you learn how to navigate different things. And, uh, you know, I did start in high school. Uh, I was a really bad high school football player and I slipped and hurt my back. And that was the end of a very, uh, uh, non-meaningful football career (laughs) with uh, a total one reception and a scrimmage against Solon high school that went for four yards. Uh, so tight end was really my position. I, I was great. Um, and I think I started one game at right tackle my freshman year on the freshman team. And, uh, I think I got beat for a sack and uh, had a false start. My, my start was over. I got yanked. So I lasted like two plays and only one of them counted. So that, that could have gone better. Uh, there is video by the way, You know, we lost to our biggest rival and the most embarrassing part. I have a twin brother. Uh, and, We were playing together, uh, and we were both playing on the offensive line. I I was playing tight end at that point, and I went out for a pass route, and the ball gets thrown to the other side of the field, and it's a 45-yard throw, and it gets intercepted, and I'm going to go tackle this guy. My brother made the tackle. I got depleted by a blindside block by our biggest rival, and that was the the end of my meaningful football career. But um, <laughs> crazy, so, jeez. Uh, there's video of that. I'm just not sharing. It. Uh, <laughs> I, I have found video. <laughs> was a foul called or
0: anything like that? What was a foul called or anything like that? Uh, Penalty? Uh, no, guess not.
1: I, I need to, I need to stop before I go too far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anywho, it's a play by play. Yeah. Study the game. Love the game. Love what you do. Be yourself. You, you spend the first, you know, couple years of college. And I went to Fordham. So that's Mike Breen, um, Ryan Ruco, Spiro Didis are all calling national TV games right now. Ben Scully is an alum. Uh, Bob Carpenter is the nationals. Michael Kay is the Yankees. Chris Carino is the nets. Um, Mike Yam is the face of the PAC 12 network. And I'm leaving people out who do significant roles, but as an announcer, you know, Syracuse and us are probably sportscaster you. And I know Syracuse probably already copyrighted that because, you know, Mm -hmm. they can multiply our list by five, but, um, quality, not quantity. Uh, well, they're both, but you know, I guess the big thing is, is like, know, reach out to people, reach out to me. I mean, I, I listen to tapes all the time and I can't promise that you're going to make it because, uh, the number of lucky things that happened to me. Um, you know, I've already decided that my, my memoir is going to be called a series of very fortunate events Mm -hmm. because it's accurate. Uh, but like, you know, realize that, you know, every relationship you make matters, realize that, um, every game you call try and tell stories that, um, leave a mark on people try and and let the game speak for itself try and um you know learn from what other people are doing and and reach out to people and try and do your best um to to go about it that way i mean like i i love this profession um i got a finance degree so i was well aware it might not work out and um you know just just try and stick with it the best you can and um you know it, it, it it's all luck to, to an extent it's all subjective so just give it your your best shot and see see where the dice roll i mean that's sort of my my philosophy i mean i do you uh do you censor your broadcast with with leaps no, bleeps? no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna fix that roughneck scarves mess up earlier i'm gonna leave it in
1: <laughs> um you know, my, my philosophy is let's just like fuck around and call like have a good time. And it. It, 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 th- that doesn't mean ignore the game. It doesn't mean don't treat the game with respect. It's you know be willing to be irreverent a little bit and um, try and get the best out of your analyst and try and and you know. Find a way, you know, when people started doing Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association football contest, that was a joke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, like, every time we kick off that game, I make sure at the opening whistle because I know it's going to make the highlights to say that because, like, it's a nod to the fans, right? Like, I won't say donger on uh, you know, that everyone wants me to say on Reddit, uh, although I did now, uh, Lord donger. Um, anywho, um, but like, you know, like, I you know, like Devin and I were talking, it was my first game on ESPN two, I was so flippin' nervous. It was Cincinnati-Charlotte two years ago. And, you know, we might get 50,000 people for a game. That was 150,000 people, and it was a really big deal for me, and you know, we zoom in on the, the band and the Bailey and I go, uh, Devin, I have one question for you is mayonnaise an instrument. And he looks at me and like, that's the only thing that Twitter took away from that. Like, did he just really quote Spongebob during this game? It's like, you know, like, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I do. like, I'm just trying to have a good time and I hope you did too. Uh, so that's it. part of the stylistic approach to me. It's irreverent. It's, it's supposed to be fun. It's sports. <laughs> Let's enjoy it. Um, and let's try not to screw up the call for the game winning goal of the championship. That's always a win for me too. Yeah, I agree with that, which would be
0: in the back of my mind the whole time. Um, everyone, (laughs) that is Mike Watts. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Watts on air. He does commentary for the championship of USL, the Bengals, ESPN, CONCACAF, uh, the garden is listed
1: here. Yeah. So I do, uh, public address for the Knicks and for college oh, basketball wow. at Madison square garden. So, um, I'm doing Knicks Sixers on November 29th or something like that. So it's the Friday, maybe after Thanksgiving. So yeah, fill in for uh, Mike Waljeski, another Fordham guy, another Fordham <laughs> alum. I knew I was forgetting people, uh, but Wally's been doing that for like 30 years. And, and it's funny cause he came to a Fordham women's basketball game and heard me doing PA and he's like, Hey, this guy's pretty good. And, nice. you know, set me up with the people who do the Liberty, which led to doing college games, which led to doing, uh, the backup job for the Knicks. So, uh, <laughs> go Knicks. <laughs> nice.
0: Very cool. Well, it's always fun listening to you and I've really enjoyed your stories today. We're going to have to bring you back another time and, uh, I can ask all the questions I wanted to ask even more, uh, for this one. So thank you, Mike, so much, uh, for coming today. Um, and for all that you do every week, we'll be hearing you, man
2: yeah
1: looking forward to it Uh, keep it up with the podcast and, and appreciate you guys following the league and following us we love it man